Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading higher this morning, ignoring an overnight retreat on Wall Street. Seoul is up more than 1%. Tokyo and Sydney both up more than three-quarters of a percent. Investors are watching for the release of the latest manufacturing data from China, due out in about 40 minutes, as well as an interest rate announcement from Australia later this morning. Joining me now as we break down all the market action is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Let's start with Bitcoins, okay? Because I think that's where all the excitement is. The cryptocurrency hit a new record high overnight, 19,857 US dollars. But rewind a bit to March and Bitcoins were around 4,000 US dollars. That is a spectacular rise. Now, we've seen big gains in this asset before and each time, Bitcoin surge is usually accompanied by two pronouncements. One predictions that it will go much, much higher, and two, prognostications that it's a bubble waiting to be popped, much like tulip bulbs of yore. So, Ryan, what is the word on the street? It seems mm-hmm. like many analysts are saying that this Bitcoin run could be different. Yeah, it is a bit divisive. Um, if you cast your mind back to three years ago when we had so much buzz around Bitcoin and you even had the man on the street, the taxi uncle talking about Bitcoin, the people around the office, around the water cooler talking about Bitcoin, and that is when you know, hey, maybe a bubble is forming. And there are some signs of that starting to happen again. You are reading about it more in the papers, online, chat groups, and the pattern of the rise, like you mentioned, from March till now is a spectacular surge of more than 170%. And it has broken a new record high. And the big question is, no, has it really changed? And I guess to some extent, there have been a few developments, right? You've got mm. PayPal saying they will allow users because it's becoming so popular. They will allow users to buy and sell Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies on their platform. Mm-hmm. You've got funds backing it to the extent of offering it as product, uh, as um, an investable product. And that is lending confidence to the rise of Bitcoin and also with what's happening in the central bank space. Just the, I guess, prospect of your currency in some countries uh, being devalued and to some countries seeing a higher pace of inflation. They may be thinking about parking their money, diversifying into a somewhat non-correlated asset. So just spreading out their eggs into more baskets and Bitcoin happens to be one of those baskets. But this is something not for the faint-hearted because we've seen the type of volatile moves and swings that this um, cryptocurrency can go under in just the past week alone. Mm. So two things to note, one a warning and the other a wow. The warning is that Bitcoins, as you heard, are inherently volatile. Just last week, it fell 3,000 US dollars in one day. And the wow, I've seen predictions that cryptocurrency could rise as high as 100,000, providing a 500% return within the next year. Um, but as you say, you know, it's volatile, so you're going to have to weigh the risks. Now, one final note on the topic, Bitcoin's rise gave a boost overnight to companies with exposure two cryptocurrencies. I looked at shares of Marathon Patent, Riot Blockchain and MicroStrategy. They all rose more than 20%. All right, let's turn to stocks now. Global markets had a stellar November. Despite a bit of a sell-off yesterday, it appears that many investors were locking in some of their profits for the month. Bloomberg notes that a gauge of global stocks posted its best month on record. So what does this mean for the month ahead? 
Yeah. Do November's gains mean the markets are less likely to enjoy a Santa Claus rally this year? Yeah, so has Santa actually come early <laughs> and will he now start to take a bit of a break like everyone else after such a huge rally in November? And to put things into context, November was such a good month for small caps. The Russell 2000 had its best month ever, up nearly 19%. And if you look at back home, even in Singapore, it has be- had its best month ever um, in nearly 10 years, up nearly 15%. So you are looking at quite a bit of um, post- positive sentiment and optimism being priced in off the back of a couple of things. You've got the vaccine news and you've got the prospects of economy reopening. So that is some sending people into the beaten down stocks, the value stocks at the banks, to the energy companies to some extent. So that has been one of the reasons why we've been seeing such a huge rally. So will it continue for the next month? And there are some market watchers saying, hey, you can't have things running forever. So you could see some of the steam, um, like you mentioned, being taken away from the usual Santa mm. Claus rally that we typically get at the end of the year when you get a year-end bonus and then people think, hey, I got some extra money, I'll put it in the stock market. But this year is a bit different because you might not get your usual year-end bonus or as much as before. So maybe that effect won't be there. And of course, you had the November rally. That takes away some of the, um, I guess, fizzle in the uh, rally. So it is going to be up in the air if this can continue. But there are, I guess, signs of that continuing with the news we've been getting, more vaccine progress. The fundamentals about the value stocks are still there. They will benefit from a recovery picture. So if that is your, I guess, point of view, uh, that will continue to fuel the expectations that markets have nothing, nowhere else to go but up because there is nothing, nowhere else to put your money right now. Yeah, well, hopefully that vaccine news continues to boost markets. I mean, we've seen progress on the vaccine front. Moderna now asking regulators in both the US and the UK to approve emergency use of its vaccine. And Moderna shares surged 20% on the news overnight. They're up another 8% in after-hours trade. Lots of news on the corporate and economic fronts. I'm going to run through them headline style. I'm going to give Ryan a company and he's going to tell us why it's in the news. Ready to roll? Let's go. First up, the Tokyo Stock Exchange. Okay, in the news for the wrong reasons. And you (laughs) might remember just two months ago, October the 1st, uh, there was a massive outage on the Tokyo Stock Exchange, a one-day outage. And this is very rare in this um, time of uh, digital systems um, for the Tokyo Exchange. In mm. fact, if I look at the past few decades, this was the um, pretty much the first full-day outage since it f- moved into a fully electronic system in 1999. So this is a very rare uh, I guess, uh, accident or mistake, depending on how you look at it. So someone has to pay for it and hits are rolling. And the first hit to roll is the Tokyo Stock Exchange president, Koichiro Miyahara. So he will step down to accept responsibility. And you will also see uh, him stepping down away from his um, concurrent role as the co-chief of the, or rather co-chief mm-hmm. operating officer of Japan Exchange. So he is stepping away and for the time being, uh, Akira Kiyota, who is the CEO of the parent company, Japan Exchange, which owns Tokyo Stock Exchange, he will take over for the time being and while at the same time taking a 50% pay cut. So he will also get a bit of a punishment for what happened. So that is uh, what's panning out. And of course, it's got a bit of a blow to Japan's mm. ambitions to become a financial hub. 
Uh, and of course, a bit of a sad news for the uh, Tokyo Exchange CEO who has been with the company since 1988, working his way all the way up to become CEO. Oh gosh, that's painful. All right, from the Tokyo Stock Exchange to S&P 500, but Ryan, the company, not the index. Okay, so this is big news because it is a big deal and we are talking about a M&A deal between SMP Global, the information provider, and another data pro- provider, IHS Market. And this is worth $44 billion. It's an all-stock deal. SMP Global will be um, pretty much buying IHS, IHS Market. And together, they will become a powerhouse of data. So the potential synergies are there. And this could see them putting together their data sets from different places to form new products. And for example, um, SMP Global will potentially um, be able to put some of their data uh, together with IHS Markets, which uh, gives pricing for bonds and credit uh, credit default swaps. So that could create more revenue for these two companies. And that is something um, I think you will have to keep an eye out for to see if the deal will pass because it is a merger of two big companies and you need the regulatory approval for this. So for now, if Mm -hmm. it does go through, it will be the year's biggest acquisition. So a big, I guess, um, deal uh, that is getting quite a few people excited. The big getting bigger, convinced that scale is going to help them ride out the turbulence of uh, the coronavirus. All right, next up, the electric truck maker Nikola. Okay, Nikola, another company in the news for the wrong reasons. And that is because they have been hit recently by accusations of fraud. In fact, it was so bad that the previous CEO had to um, step down. Hmm. And the latest news is another blow, and this comes from GM. So previously, GM was talking about investing in an 11% stake in Nikola, and they have now backed down to say that is not happening after pretty much all the debacle and um, controversies around Nikola. And Nikola's share price is down 27%. So what's left of the partnership is a bit of a vendor agreement. They will allow Nikola to use their hydrogen hydrogen cell fuel or hydrogen cell batteries uh, for their vehicles. So a very scaled down partnership and that is disappointing investors. In fact, GM's share price is also down 2.7%. Ouch. Top Glove? Okay, so Top Glove is um, suffering from a bit of a clamp down because of COVID-19. Uh, they have been in the news for... Um, Thousands of their workers being tested positive for COVID nineteen and in that, dormitories and in the dormitories yeah. and that uh, led to them being that led to them shutting down many of their factories. So this is getting worse because after the testing of even more workers, they tested five thousand eight hundred five and five workers. More than three thousand four hundred of them tested positive. So this is leading to the current restrictions being lengthened. So it was supposed to end on Monday. And this is now extended for another two weeks to December the 14th. Yeah, the curbs have paired the rise of Top Glove, which is the world's biggest rubber glove producer. The stock tumbled 17% this month. That is its steepest decline since January 2016. All righty, next up, I have Cyber Monday. Yesterday, we talked about a surge in Black Friday sales. So how's Cyber Monday shaping up? Okay, it is looking good because the numbers that have been coming through from the uh, forecasts are pointing to Cyber Monday this year to becoming the 
best Cyber Monday ever. And we are talking about $12.7 billion worth of, um, I guess, sales. And this would be a jump of nearly 35% from last year, which was the previous record. So you are looking at, um, I guess, consumer sentiment coming back in a strong way, people looking for bargains. And I guess this is also different because Mm. the... Physical shops have been disrupted and closed to some extent. So that has shifted the traffic online. So you are looking at that boost as one of the factors behind these strong numbers this year. I think I I saw a prediction that $13 million would be spent per minute on Cyber Monday by Adobe Digital Insights. I'm going to have to check that out. Apparently, gadgets, games, wines and clothes put Cyber Monday sales on track for record levels in the U.S. Let's bring the discussion home to Singapore now. There are two headlines that have caught my eye, one encouraging the other, not so much. So let's start with the former bank lending. Okay, bank lending, there's a bit of a dampener because bank lending fell for the eighth month in a row and this was due to weakness in business loans. So running through the numbers, you've got loans overall down 0.3%, loans to businesses down 0.7%. So the biggest culprit of the drag was building and construction. So that came in flat. So that is um, something... Mm. Uh, excuse me, financial institutions led the slump for loans of businesses. And then you had building construction, um, also another drag. So that is uh, something to watch out for to see if that will turn around. Mm. Consumer loans, though, grew, yeah? Lifted by housing loans that climbed 0.3%. Let's check in on uh, the positive side, corporate earnings showing signs of recovery, right? There is some bright spots. And I am looking at numbers saying that 143 companies that filed their earnings reports with the SGX reported $5.98 billion in group profits. So that means 97 companies were in the black and 46 recorded losses. So pretty much 2 to 1 ratio of the 143 companies. So that though, if you look at it overall, you are looking at earnings down, but you have more companies reporting profits. So 57 companies have better profits and That includes the 18 companies that swung into profit in the third quarter. And that compares with 49 companies that posted weaker results. And that includes 18 that sunk into the red from the previous year. So you are looking at, I guess, a broader base of more companies doing well. And that bodes well for the picture of a recovery starting to take pace. So something to look forward to in the year to come, hopefully. And the outperformers included the usual suspects. You've got the Mattex International, UG Healthcare. Uh, Those saw phenomenal rises off the back of huge demand for their products. And if you look at the banks, they recorded smaller profit margins, but still making profits. Net profit for DBS down 20% and OCBC down 12%. So you are looking at potential pressure uh, in the coming quarters as well with interest rates still being low. So a lot riding on the economic recovery and uh, something to look out for in the coming year. Yeah, I read uh, Jeffrey Equity Analyst Krishna Guha saying this is reflective, uh, the good corporate results of a recovery in, in an economy which has yet to achieve full potential. 
Let's check in on local stocks now. The SDI fell 1.7% yesterday to close at 28.05. Despite the drop, the SDI still registers a gain of nearly 15% for the month of November. So, Ryan, how is Singapore's blue chip index starting off the month of December? Okay, despite a wobble on Wall Street, Markets across Asia are actually in the green and you are looking at the STI up by 0.1%. So staying above 2,800, 2,809. And what would be worth watching out for is you've got Capitaland in the news this morning talking about divesting some of their properties. And this includes uh, three in Japan and you've got Capitaland stock price down 1.2% so far. And the other... Stocks we are tracking, DBS, we've been talking about it just now, is down 0.5%. Uh, UOB down by 0.1% and OCBC down by 1.7%. So leading the losses of the uh, local banking trio. Uh, so far though, we are looking at markets continuing uh, to build on last month's gains of 15%, the best month in over 10 years. All right, he's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Coming up, I look at OPEC Plus, DoorDash and Bitcoins. In my Market View Minute, stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.